0: Good afternoon. This is WVEW LP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station, streaming online at WVEW.org. You are now listening to Indigo Radio, deepening understanding, making connections. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on iTunes at Indigo Radio. We also replay our shows on Tuesdays at 3. The views on this show are those of the hosts and guests, not the radio station. Indigo Radio is a group of area educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. Um, I'm Lauren, and I'm here with Anna.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm glad to be back in the WVEW studio.
0: Me too. It's been a while for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, me too. I'm a school librarian up in Putney, And um, Anna? I am a current graduate student at UMass
1: Amherst studying public health and also a local educator working with the Spark Teacher Institute here in Brattleboro, which we're going to talk more about today because we have a conference
0: coming up. Yes, we do. And we're going to start the show off with a Rebel Diaz song, Uh, Which Side Are You On?
2: The people are the ones who are going to have to fight. We used to say, which side are you on? Which side are you on? The truth is we're in so much debt that the only way out is revolution or war. So now the question is, which side are you on? On! 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 side
3: on.
4: are you on boy? Which side are you on my
2: God? Which side are you on boy? Which side are you on? See, before I draw the line, let me welcome you close To all the folks who knew Obama, sold the people a hopes, Gave the money to suckers while well, our community's still poor Withdrew the troops but started another war Colonizing, terrorizing, creating the oil crisis So they can make a killer, on no food and gas prices Prisons are spittling, they trying to lock up the future Militarized borders and control of computers Want a stupid bump of music that ain't healthy for the shortest Privatizing schools and policemen in the halls Can't be dormant, I'm a wolf. Can rise up, be ready. Brought the family with us, and we hold the machetes. Riding the fence, riding the fence. Too many people be riding the fence. Yeah, you say you ready for war, but are you convinced? I'm not convinced. If you are a rider, freedom fighter, crowd excited, then let's do this. We can make one big united. Middle finger to the U.S. Give me the bravest and the truest. Fuck the hippest and the coolest. We gon' spark this revolution and cross this off our to-do list. Put your foot down if you look down on this criminal system. Put your book down and get shook down like my niggas in prison. Don't be condemning and condoning their actions in one sentence. But keep your mind, you decide, is you a patriot or a menace to society? So riot or sit by quietly. But don't pull out the flag and try to say you gon' ride with me. You flip-flopping like hip-hop, I don't get locked in that trick box. Get got like big and pop, since got to stop. I am the people, not the big. I repeat after Fred. So please blow my brains out if I ever forget. I'm ever with forget. the independent thinkers. I'm down with the movers and the shakers and the ex-henny drinkers. The non-smokers, the health advocates, the non-voters, the young bloods in the hood training like soldiers, I'm on the side of the tracks with the hood gardens the little child that don't color inside the margins, I don't ride the fence I cultivate my strength, cause if it ain't about power, it don't make sense I been down with Boogie Down since BDP some Brown Pride and Black Power make RBG A OG told me choose battles wisely in the struggle, don't forget your children and your wife. And if you don't see me on the podium preaching it everyday I hope my every action is teaching it, cause revolution Is a process, it's not a speech or a panel. They write off more than you can handle. Slingshots in Palestina Con todos los estudiantes por educación gratuita I'm with workers uprising and the right to unionize We ain't crossed the border so you better legalize I'm with La Peña del Bronx I'm still with Victor Toro Cause gentrification is polluting my borough So bro never, South Bronx forever Decolonize the block, make your neighborhood better I ain't down with the rich, I'm more Richie Perez Don't talk to grand juries or cooperate with feds I'm with students, doctors, janitors, teachers we need living wages, but they don't believe us. Monaida, Barreto, Spofford, Huns Point, My Point, My Hood, I love. We join forces, forming our deck. We X Taking over builders, rebel Dios for the children. Politics, the sickness, streets express symptoms. Caught up with a quickness. Big business pimps them. Scholars play the simple tin. Fools play with wisdom. Who will stand and fight back? Who Play played a victim, tribes of tribulations, ancient generations, stolen history and outsourced innovation. Tower fell, tribes are at war, the battle story's not represented in the score. The game's fixed, most of the faces and names switched, credit stolen for art, science, religion, language, technology, philosophy, and with strangers. They paid in hatred for the knowledge of the ancients. Power in words, actions, guns, swords, aim, panthers, brown berets, young lords, and one sickness, one cure, one love, one blood, one world, but
5: one war.
0: And we're back. That was... Uh, Rebel Diaz featuring Dead Prez. Which side are you on? We love Rebel Diaz on Indigo Radio. And our favorites. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, Rebel Diaz is a political hip hop duo out of the Bronx in New York and Chicago, consisting of the Chilean brothers, known as Rod Stars, and Gonzalo. Venegas, known as G1. Sons of political refugees from Chile who fled a CIA-funded dictatorship in the 1970s. Rebel Diaz uses their music as an organizing tool and to spread knowledge about injustice. And we are so excited to, to bring Rebel Diaz to Brattleboro, Vermont. They're yes! Com- <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> They're going to be coming on May 10th. And they're going to be doing a workshop at BUHS. The workshop,
1: also the title of the workshop is Hip Hop Versus Neoliberalism.
0: Hip Hop Versus Neoliberalism. Awesome. And then the concert, which is going to be at Brooks Memorial Library, is at 8 p.m. So it's going to be a pretty exciting uh, weekend.
1: Yeah, and seriously, I cannot think of a better place than to have the opening concert at the Brooks Memorial Library. So it's free and open to the public, kid-friendly, and we just want to give a shout out to STAR and all the Browborough Library staff for having us and having Rebel Diaz. It's going to be awesome.
0: It's definitely going to be awesome.
1: Okay, we're going to talk a little bit later also about the whole weekend of our Stand Up, Fight Back education conference with the opening of Rebel Diaz. Uh, But we're gonna move into the focus of the show today, which is the voices from Western Mass workers. We've been doing a couple shows about the voices of people. And in March of this year, so last month, I helped to facilitate at UMass what's called a digital storytelling workshop. And it was with nine workers, I believed, in Western Mass area. So it included union members, and people that are involved in labor struggles within the workplace these stories are going to be part of a november conference at umass which is called the voices of labor film and worker voices and it's going to be this interactive conference hosted by the umass amherst labor center workers and activists will view new and classical labor films alongside digital stories so the the voices that you're going to hear today are the digital stories that will then be played at the conference and digital storytelling is both the audio combined with a visual story that the participants put together with the help of the facilitators. Uh, The creation of the digital stories was funded by the Massachusetts Humanities and the Mass Cultural Council along with the Markham Nathan Fund for Social Justice. And what we're going to start with is with a Bay State nurse. Her name is Donna Stern. And we're starting with her today because she also is going to be one of our panelists at the education conference. Uh, she'll be speaking on a panel around the privatization of public goods. So she'll specifically be talking about privatiz- uh, privatization in the healthcare sector and she's been working as a uh, full-time frontline psychiatric uh, RN at the Bay State Franklin Medical Center in Greenfield, Mass. She's been working there since 2005, and she is the senior co-chair of the bargaining unit at um, Bay State Franklin via the Massachusetts Nurses Association. She's also a member of the board of directors of the Massachusetts Nurses Association and a member of the board of directors of the Northeast Nurses Association. And prior to becoming an RN, Donna spent years working in the the health and human services world, mostly working on a community level with and advocating for people living with mental illness. So we are going to play her story first, and we will be back.
6: My heart is in my mouth, beating so fast. No backing down now. Courage, Donna. This is for our patients and my fellow nurses. One of the scariest things I've ever had to do. On April 10, 2018, we, the nurses of Bay State Franklin Medical Center, prepared for our second strike. We pushed for better staffing levels. The hospital locked us out at 7 p.m. We were shut out for three full days. We organized for our patients. Every single thing we do is for their well-being. Not just locked out of the units, we were locked out of caring and protecting out from the bedside, out of everything we live for, everything we believe in. Someone else was playing my role. It happened mid-shift. We were in the middle of medication passes and procedures, orders, discharges, admissions. It was all coming. Our computer shut down, whether or not we were done with charting. What was lost in the shuffle? It felt like I was watching a play, stuck outside my hospital, I didn't learn about corporate health care in nursing school. I wasn't taught about hospital executives and their business plans. Honestly, I don't know how they sleep at night, knowing that patients are suffering. It is clear that they prioritize corporate profit over safe patient care. When the police put their hands on me and pushed me back, that went viral. We all wondered, what side are they on? Many nurses are married to cops. They protect us on the units and they fight us on the picket lines. Who or what are they really protecting? This question almost tore the bargaining unit apart. The newspapers reported that United, we won a contract that includes safe staffing. We won the war of the words, but it was one bitter battle. This healthcare battle is bigger than a strike, bigger than a contract, and it ends one of two ways. Continued corporate greed and patients dying or single payer and quality health care for all. Which side are you on?
1: That was Donna Stern, Bay State nurse, uh, working in Greenfield, talking about the labor struggles. Lauren,
0: what do you think of that? I, I thought um, a few things stuck out to me. The corporate health care and the prioritizing of profit over care is um, just something that is not the world that I want to live in.
1: Definitely. And we're seeing, I feel like, more and more of that where people are not able to get the care they need. Actually, I just read something in, I don't think it was in the Vermont paper. I think it was a national story, but talking about rural areas and how healthcare services are getting cut in rural areas. And I know that In Springfield, Vermont, there's something going on with their hospital. I think it's being taken over by Mm. another sector, and that there'll still be a hospital, but I think certain services, people are going to have to be shifted to Brattleboro, which definitely affects people who cannot get to Brattleboro easily, right? Yeah. So it's definitely also happening in our own community, and it would be interesting for us actually to get someone on the show about that to hear what's happening in Springfield. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to go to the next story. And the next voice you're going to hear actually is going to be mine, I'm just realizing, because this is Anival Gomez. And there was a, he is an immigrant from Guatemala. And there was an English translation of his story that I read and recorded uh, for our listeners here. But he, so what you'll hear is his voice, and then, um, and then it will be me doing the translation. But he has worked in Springfield and Enfield, Connecticut, and he talks of the labor conditions and the struggles uh, around immigrant rights issues. So this is Anival Gomez.
3: yo
7: de Guatemala Springfield, Massachusetts, la discriminación y la explotación laboral a los
1: When I immigrated from Guatemala to Springfield, Massachusetts, I saw the workplace exploitation against immigrants. Near Enfield, Connecticut, In the vegetable and tobacco farms, I was forced to work 14 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter if it was raining or really hot. The worst was that we weren't paid the time and a half that we were owed by law for overtime. These conditions continue today. I also worked in construction in Springfield. One time, the contractor didn't pay me for two weeks of work, claiming that he would pay me after receiving his check, but that never came through. Without proof of residency... We weren't able to obtain basic services like health insurance, gas, or electricity in our own name. This was very frustrating because I had young children and we needed heat and other services. In Guatemala, I volunteered for a nonprofit organization that helped people who had been refugees in Mexico due to the 1982 Civil War after they were repatriated in 1986. So after two years in Springfield, when I heard about an organization that was focused on organizing the immigrant community, I got involved. And we have won changes. Now immigrants can obtain utility services without difficulty. We have trained the community so they learn their rights as workers. We also educate about the right to remain silent when questioned by a police officer or an ICE agent. Through campaigning, we won an ordinance in Springfield so that the local police can't ask about your immigration status or give your personal information to immigration authorities. Now our fight is continuing, organizing the community to get driver licenses for all immigrants in Massachusetts and in other states where we can't get them. Okay, that was Anival Gomez. That You were listening to his story, and what I would like to say about that story is interesting. I was working with someone that was helping me with some of the sound levels on the audio at the UMass Amherst library. And, uh, he was listening to that story and he assumes that the story was someplace in like Florida or California. And I said, no, this is right here. This happened to Anival right in this area and so I think sometimes there is a misconception that some of these immigrant struggles are happening, say, right on the border, but they're happening in our own communities. I mean, they're happening in Vermont, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, Lauren, what did you say?
0: <laughs> I was just saying, I noticed that misconception um, around, around pe- uh, working people here in Vermont with my students, when we talk about um, immigrants and immigrant rights, then it goes, it goes straight to the border the border Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and we have reached out to migrant justice which works up in northern vermont and it's a possibility that they're going to be at our conference also to talk about the things that they're working around and i know a big thing is uh migrants that work on the dairy farms up in vermont and the conditions around that too that are really subpar and they're not getting adequately housed or paid and Um, there's workers right here in the Brattleboro area that work on the farms too that are from other places. Uh, So it's important to uncover those stories to see how it's right around us and that we can work in solidarity with those people Mm -hmm. that are right here. Okay, the next two stories, I'm going to play one after the other because they both are concerning the MGM studio in or sorry, the MGM Casino in Springfield, Massachusetts. So the casino opened in August of 2018, and it employs around 2,500 people. And I was reading a couple days ago about how the MGM Casino is doing, and they had what's called a host community agreement, which means that the host city uh, gets promised certain things or there's requirements to Springfield in order for the casino to come in and, and be constructed there. And that for the most part, what what this person was saying is that the casino is meeting those, but actually when it comes to tenant displacement and relocation, that's not clearly being met. And that was one of the huge things that I understood around the struggle of the casino being built in Springfield, that it was pushing a lot of housing and low-income housing out of that area. It was being built right along that, and so a lot of tenants were displaced. And supposedly, the casino had this agreement that they were gonna help relocate people, and it doesn't seem that that is happening. So they were supposed to assist tenants, Uh, in the path of the casino with certain funds. And so I think it's a a struggle to keep watching and how that casino has changed part of that community. And that would be another thing to, it'd be great to hear more about uh, what's going on in Springfield to push back against that. But what you're gonna hear now is, first, uh, a woman named Maria Perez, and she's a busser at the MGM Casino. She's going to talk about the struggles there, and then you'll also listen right after that to Kat Holness, who is, she was a construction worker that worked on the MGM Casino. So we're going to start with Maria.
4: It was the year 2018. MGM Springfield was holding their grand opening. I was one of the many employees working on opening day. Everything was good the first month. Then the company started to show their true colors. I learned more about Unite Here. I joined to make a difference. I went to meetings and discussed the issues in my department. I met employees from other departments and we connected about bettering our workplace safety and conditions. I heard about the Dish Department, where people get rashes from the soap. I talked about the milk. It's a three-person job carrying those gallons. Half the time we're on our own. The milk spills easily. As a new casino opening in small city, MGM Springfield, needed a union to protect workers' rights. My name is Maria Perez and I work as a buzzer for the casino. I didn't know much about unions until I started working there. In my department there are many issues, favoritism, schedule changes without being spoken to beforehand, heavy workload, every month they ask me to do something new that is not part of my job. I'm not listened to. The manager is rude and doesn't know how to communicate with their employees. Now I am part of the Union Negotiations Committee with you, not Here. Everyone should be respected and treated equally. Right now we're fighting our contract language for each department. Next is economics. I want to help my co to have a voice. I want them to know that the contract protects our rights.
7: After several months of working with the KHS&S Construction Company, the third largest construction company in the U.S., I've decided I will never work with precast wall panels ever again. Never. You see the smooth brown paneling on the outside of the MGM studio in Springfield? My crew and I had to lug those heavy duty precast panels in 90 degree heat. We were getting cooked. Only thing saving us was that we were in an alleyway that gave some shade and knowing that there were cold bottles of water waiting for us inside. We were on the last corner panel and can see it was going to put us into overtime. We wanted to quit, but our boss insisted. It's gotta be done by the end of the work day today. And nobody was gonna get overtime on this. We were too exhausted to fight, but I fought before. One day after work, I got called up by the union rep. She asked me to come to city hall to support the city ordinance. We rallied outside. Banners, signs, handing out t-shirts to local community members, When time came to start the meeting with city councilors, we all lined up side by side around the room. Residents explained why it is so important to keep Springfield community members and diversity requirements on job sites. This job, the crew was mostly from Vegas. We took a small break to come up with a game plan. We pep-talked each other for about 10 minutes. Listen, how are we going to do this? Panel installation didn't come with a set of instructions. We had to rig a system to get it done. OSHA compliant. We should have had a crane to do the heavy lifting, but we had to make do with what we had, legal or not. The lift we use is not meant to hold that weight. It's just meant for two people. We used the method of putting the panel on a set of wheels and skateboarding it to where it needed to go. Finally, we fit the last big beast to the wall and screwed it into place before it could fall and crush us. We finished just before quitting time and bailed as fast as we could. The sun was still high and brutal. We walked off proud, got the job done. It's what we do.
1: Okay, that was a uh, cat that you were listening to. And before, she is a construction worker, worked on the MGM Casino. And before that was Maria Perez that is a busser at the casino.
0: Lauren, any thoughts? Well, you know, it just makes me really think about the importance of, of hearing these voices and the the importance of, of having a place to organize and a union for these for the for the workers, I know that the, the casino, in Springfield, is a, has been a massive, a massive place for workers to for exploitation and for displacement and for policing of the community. So I think it's just so important to hear these voices mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of misconceptions ar- also around the casino and how it's bringing in money and mm-hmm. you know it's changing the community in all these great ways but um but that's without listening to these voices.
1: Yeah, I also in working with these two women found it interesting when I first heard their stories because they all shared their stories in a big group before they did the final recording. And I thought it was interesting how their two stories connected. Here you have one woman that is, well, both of them working in connection to the casino. One, of course, inside the casino as a busser, one that was doing the construction. And thinking about how Kat talked about the requirements of diversity within the workforce and also getting Springfield residents to be working within the casino. And I think that is also interesting, too, because then you have Maria talking about the actual conditions for the workers, plus that of course the ca- casino displaced a number of residents and i feel like there's a lot of contradictions within that and that the workers are not if the if the casino does uh, reap benefits or and and profit they're not necessarily going to see that so i thought those were interesting things that came out of their stories yeah we're going to go to a uh, music
0: break. Lauren, do you want to introduce the song we're going to listen to? Sure. This is a song by Taina I- Isley, um, No Es Mi Presidente. Uh, she is a New York-based Puerto Rican singer, songwriter, band leader, and activist, um, carrying on uh, and brings together the past and present and struggles into her music. Uh, her new artistic work, is an energetic fusion of powerful vocals laid over Afro-Latin, reggae, and rock sounds. She is going to be on a panel at our conference coming up uh, the weekend of May 10th. Um,
1: Yeah, she's gonna be on the panel called Education is Liberation. So we are excited to have her in Broward. also.
0: Welcome back. This is WVW LP, Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station, streaming online at wvew.org. This is Indigo Radio, deepening understanding, making connections. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and iTunes at Indigo Radio. We replay our shows on Tuesdays at 3, and the views on this show are those of the hosting guests and not the radio station. And we're back.
1: We are back and today we're talking about our awesome education conference coming up which we're going to talk about that a little bit more at the end and we're also focusing on the voices of western mass workers part of a labor conference that's coming up um, put on by the umass labor center it's going to be in november there is a link on our facebook page the indigo radio facebook page to the conference if you're interested in going it's going to be great and a The voices that we're playing are gonna be, they will be there at the conference and their stories, which also have a video component to it, are gonna be uh, screened at the conference. So we're gonna go on to the next worker and you're gonna hear the voice of Ethel Everett. And she works for the Department of Children and Families in Springfield, Massachusetts, where she has worked there for over 30 years. And in her story, she expresses some of the challenging things that she has in the job and encounters working for the state.
8: 30 years ago, when I started my employment at the Department of Children and Families, formerly the Department of Social Services in Springfield, Mass., I had a supervisor who was the office chief steward. She convinced me to attend a statewide people of color meeting. There was my first real exposure to actions that addressed issues of differences in the work site and disparate treatment. I wasn't quite sure what my role would be, but I knew I had to be involved and stay involved. When I chose this career to help in my community, little did I know that advocating within my community would bring such a negative focus to me personally. I sat with a group of women discussing the impactful experiences we shared. Something that we fully couldn't understand or grasp. We were women who wanted to make a difference and serve our community. So why was this going on? We would advocate for children and families in our community. So why was the focus on us so negative? What was this all about? I couldn't relate to these words thrown onto me. Aggressive. Loud. Out of control. Bully. Defiant. Emotional. Over-involved. Crossing boundaries poor judgment, intimidating, scary, angry, a mad black woman. These words definitely did not describe me, a social worker who was an advocate, who was caring, supportive, nurturing, educated, a civic and community-involved woman. Me, just working hard to give back. How could this get twisted? I had to do something, anything. I had to take a stand. But what? I finally got it, a perfect way to follow my first commitment to get involved and stay involved. I needed to take opportunities to organize the unorganized, to help with political mobilization, change policy and procedures, advocate for just cause, educate my union brothers and sisters about racial and social justice issues, disparate treatment, and help grow our union. 30 years later, I know that I am making a difference in and for my community.
1: That was uh, Ethel Everett that you were listening to. She's worked for a department of children and families for over 30 years in Springfield. And her story is really interesting to me. I think it brings up the thought of how the institutions that organize our lives often separate us and pit
0: us against each other. Mm -hmm. And it's those that, are advocating for children and families that, you know, when the work is, is so, um, selfless Mm -hmm. and to be torn down because of that.
1: Yeah. An extremely stressful work. Yeah. I know that here in Wyndham County, those workers are often really overloaded with different work and again in that way too just the stresses of the of the job and and seeing what's going on around them can push us against each other and so i think it's admirable what ethel is doing in her community and and also of course race is playing yeah a factor into this too for her as a black woman all right we're gonna go on to um charlie holmes and he is from springfield mass And he works within the SEIU 1199 Union, and he was involved in the fight for 15, uh, raising the wage. So we're going to go right to that one.
9: The room was full. We wore the same color. We deserve more. Who has the power? The people have the power. Our chanting echoed against the walls of the lion's den. There was only one way in, one way out time was ticking, we clapped and yelled louder and louder. My mother could hear me miles and miles away. My father arose from his grave, and the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, You are a warrior. No weapon formed to get you shall prosper. You will tread on snakes and scorpions. By no means will anything harm or hurt you. We departed victorious and powerful, even though they did not give us and answer. We wore purple garments as we filled the streets. Cars honked and people cheered in support. I shook hands, hugged, and posed for pictures with the old and the young, the white and the black, the big and the small, the fierce and the meek. Through the night, I answered the calls of my people. I had no dreams that I can remember, just perfect peace. We have won the fight for 15.
1: And that was uh, Charlie Holmes from working in Springfield, Mass., where they led a campaign for the fight for 15 and won that, which is awesome.
0: Always good to hear those, those victories. victories. Yes, I know.
1: Right. OK, we are going to go to the next one, just in the interest of time, because we want to make sure we get through these last um, two and that you hear these people's voices. The next one is Mara Martins. And she works as a janitor at UMass Amherst. She lives in Warren, Mass. And she talks about her work, the racism she faces, uh, being a woman of color and an immigrant. I speak five languages and
10: several dialects. I lived in Switzerland, France, Germany, Italy, and Japan. My parents are from Portugal. I have a master's degree in child psychology. I was vice president of the Rotary Club. I'm a senior hairstylist and also a craft soap maker. I have three children. My daughter is a teacher, one son is a film editor, and another is going to be a doctor. I challenged my son when he was younger. If I can do, you can do it. We both have black belts in Rosina Jiu-Jitsu. Workplace conditions at UMass are also a challenge. It says they are not obligated to give us a break room and a contract. I moved to a new building. I found out that there we do have a break room. The microwave is old, the refrigerator is dirty, the doors to the room are busted. I found a space to have lunch. It was filled with junk. Nobody had used it for decade. Took me three days to clean it. I put a microwave, a refrigerator, a toaster, and a small table and a chair, and that made a big difference. I'm participated in two UMass projects: building bridges, the voice of immigrants, and another project called the work of the artist. UMass has given me the opportunity to show who I am, what I can do, and how others see me. I am not my accent. I am not my color. We all have knowledge. We can learn and teach each other something in life.
1: Okay, and that was Maria Martins that you were listening to. And her story really struck out to me as... A UMass student myself, and knowing that she works as a janitor there, and to hear all about her background um, and the way that janitors are treated at UMass or any school, and that to me it's just unbelievable that they don't even have a break room for her, and that she had to sort of make a break room for herself Mm -hmm. where you're on a huge campus that has so much money that are constantly bringing, building new buildings. There is one just, um, I'm pretty sure the number was $110 million new new building was just built on the UMass campus. So I just, yeah, her story has really stuck with me thinking about who cleans these classrooms uh, or the, the toilets or these hallways that we're in every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of invisibilized work, I think.
0: Yeah, these stories keep reminding me of um, the work that's happening in the schools right now too. With voices of the people is our diversity theme for WSCSU. Oh, right. Um, and so I'm thinking just in hearing these stories of all the different pieces that we've talked about in schools, and there's this you know great book about the janitor strike in LA, Si mm-hmm. Se Puede, and and the students. You know, and having those discussions around, yeah, who cleans your classroom and who cleans the library. And and it's definitely not a question they hear all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: The diversity day is May
0: May 3rd, Friday, Friday, May 3rd. Right. Okay.
1: That's another thing that we invite you all to come out because there's an event in Brattleboro. Is that correct?
0: Yes, there is. There's a there's a block party event on Elliott Street sweet Um, yeah block party (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so lots of the student work from the the year of voices of the people will be on display also okay great Um, awesome but yeah we can talk about that more okay at our our events section of the show
1: yes which we are coming to (laughs) in a minute we have one more voice for you all to hear and it is luce crespo and she is a Unite Here union member, Local 141 in Springfield. She is, also works with the Home Good Redistribution Center, and she talks about her passion for union organizing.
3: When I started working at Home Goods in Bloomfield, Connecticut, I have noticed a lot of unfair actions by supervisors and other associates, like having an employee lift a 60 pound box by themselves when it should be team lift. Or when supervisors picking their favorite associates and giving them easy type of work in the department. I decided to become a shop steward to help co-workers on the distribution center. I spoke with our union president about becoming a shop steward. She tells me, I have a training coming up. Come and join us. A couple of days after I got my steward training and started to put grievances for every unfair act in our department. I wasn't scared of getting fired because we had a union and I knew the company needed a good reason to terminate me. I just want our workplace to be fair to everyone and treated equally. I love to be part of the union, Unite Here. This is the reason why I volunteer for the union to help other people understand what's a union and the power we have with our language and our contracts. After being in the distribution center for two years, I decided to get more involved with the Unite Here on other tasks. Organizing casino workers in Atlantic City. Organizing a union is very challenging. Unite Here sent me to Atlantic City and we started to knock on doors of casino workers to organize a union. When you meet the employee, you have the strong conversation of work environment and other issues at the workplace. We explain what a union is and what's a contract. A contract is a powerful and the language is specific to each workplace. I enjoy every minute when I'm organizing. We meet new people and get their trust and we are very confident with our work. We meet people very strong that's willing to help us organize inside the workplace. I love my work, whether it's Atlantic City, Bloomfield, or Springfield, Mass. I enjoy every second of my work with my Unite Here and the people I meet along the way.
1: That was uh, Luz Crespo talking about her work organizing and... I think that it's just so great to hear all their stories and the work that they're doing. I think one thing that really drives home for me is how much we have to work together and that we are stronger together and that there's more of us than them. And so it's organizing together. I think it's also getting hope from each other's stories and how do we support each other.
0: Hope and energy, I think, Mm -hmm. um, because I think so many, so often we are working in our various workplaces and things are always happening that are not okay and so like to hear to hear people the stories of people who are organizing within their unions and their communities is just energizing too and a reminder that that you don't just need you you know don't just sit by and and let others pound on you Mm -hmm, and I think yeah hearing all of those voices kind of was a reminder of that yeah not to let not to let it happen yeah and yeah yeah and I I was just um, reading a little bit about the stop-and-shop strikes that are going on in Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Connecticut now all organized uh, within the Union um, for it's been hundreds hundreds of stores and many of them have been closed and um, for for higher wages and the healthcare premiums went up so it's all sorts of work all sorts of organizing mm-hmm. is happening
1: one thing that we were having a conversation yesterday in the because uh, laura and i are both also with the spark education institute is in the teaching program that we have here uh through marlborough grad center we were talking about the meaning of solidarity and in both of the things that we read both of the conversations around solidarity, put solidarity in the context of action and active, that it's not a passive thing. I think it can be easy to say, oh, I'm in solidarity with them. But actually, what what are we doing? What actions do we take? I think as, as teachers, we have to think about that, like what actions do we take in the classroom? And that for me as an educator, I think teaching is an act of resistance and so, thinking about how would I teach, say, about stop and shop, or how do I teach about the casino and gentrification? How do I teach about what's happening in Brattleboro around housing? And so for us to keep uh, thinking about that definition of what solidarity means and looks like, mm-hmm. uh, Just uh, um, I just want to say, too, that those digital stories that you were listening to were funded by the Mass Humanities and Mass Cultural Council and the Mark, ham nathan fund for social justice and again that they are going to be part of a november conference at umass voices of labor film and worker voices it's going to be at the umass amherst campus center november 9th and 10th and there is a link on our facebook page it's coming about by the umass amherst labor center so if you want to find out more information it'll be on our facebook page uh we're going to go to a quick song come back learn what do we have here
0: All right, next we're going to hear another song by uh, Taina Aisley. It's called And We Walk.
1: Okay, we're back. And go ahead, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) We were both so excited to talk to everyone out there.
0: I know. There's so much awesome stuff coming up. That was uh, Taina Aisley and We Walk. And this is Indigo Radio.
1: On the air every Sunday at noon. And we will upload our show uh, onto our Facebook page and our SoundCloud in case you missed it or just want to listen to it again because it was so awesome. Okay, we want to talk about the education conference happening stand up fight back in which the opening night is may 10th rebel diaz are going to be doing a workshop at buhs browborough union high school from 5 to 6:30. workshop is hip-hop versus neoliberalism and then after that night is a free concert at the brooks memorial library with rebel diaz at 8 p.m kid friendly and the next day is the day-long education conference, and so we'll have an opening at 9.30, followed by the Beehive Collective, and then our keynote speaker is uh, Fred Magdoff. He is a UVM professor, environmental activist, and he's gonna come and talk to us. His, his um, talk is gonna be entitled Consequences of the Capitalist System Toward a Vision of Collective Emancipation. Lunch will be served for everyone, and then there will be three panels in the afternoon. One is called Education is Liberation. The second one is on privatization versus public goods, and we'll be talk, talking about food, housing, healthcare. The last panel is Solidarity in the Struggle, and it's looking at resistance to occupation. So we'll be talking about imperialism and, and war. We'll have a closing. It's going to be a full day. That conference, all the events take place at BUHS, and they are on our Facebook page also. So whether you're looking at Indigo Radio, Brattleboro Solidarity, or the Spark Teacher Education Institute, all the information is on Facebook. Uh, email us at Brattleboro Solidarity at Gmail if you have specific questions or get in contact with us via Facebook. Lauren, I want to ask you, what are you most excited about
0: with this conference? I am I'm am so excited about so many of these things. I think it's awesome that we're going to have Rebel Diaz at the library. And um, I, I can't wait for the workshop also, um, as well as the Beehive Collective. I love the Beehive Collective. I have their work all over my house, in my classroom, in the library, where I work, and I think that is going to be awesome. Plus, the speakers that we have coming, some of these these panelists, um, I just I can't wait to to be a part of yeah, these we conversations.
1: Have, um, we have people coming from California, Western Mass, different parts of Vermont. We have our own Amy Frost from Guilford vermont is going to be on one of the panels around food yeah it's going to be exciting it's a it's a full day of thinking and what can we do
0: and and connections i think yeah it's gonna it's gonna happen with all of these different things there's uh we're gonna find some connections to make
1: yep definitely all right we're gonna go out with a rebel diaz song and the song is revolution has come we want to thank you for listening today and we will be on the air next week at noon uh anything else lauren
0: well we hope to see you guys at the at our upcoming events and it's going to be great
1: yes we can't wait we'll see you soon It is time-
2: Come on, man. It's a war on the hood. The Democrats and Republicans, both up to no good. They both got in bed with the multinationalists. They sending us to prison instead of sending us to college. The janitor's mop can't clean the situation when the dictator of our nation is called a corporation. Swear to God my mama never supported Obama. I'm a Chicago riot starter like a Haymarket martyr. I'd rather focus on the streets, organizing the tribes. Go against the of violence in which I've grown up. They stay, grow up, make a living in these miserable conditions. Schools look more like prisons and they shutting down the clinics. If employment ain't an option, you ain't got shit, what you do? Where you go if you foreclose, Then your payment past through? Ask you, is it worth it, the earth on its last pulses? All in bloodthirsty, they raping the resources. Things is getting darker, but it's life that I offer. No divide and conquer. I'm talking people power I hours ticking. her hurry, hurry, get your ticket. For the future, identify the problems and move on to the solutions. You should be involved. Build, show love. That's step number one. Before we shootin' dumb guns, wrong cop, but we united.
5: No more internal fighting Might just run up on the precinct. No justice, no peace. This is.